Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to Rule of Two with a very special guest, James Arnold Taylor. How's it going, man? Oh, yeah, I should do this. Right. I should. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> Drop down from the ceiling. Welcome, welcome, James. Welcome, yes. James. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. It's really a pleasure to be on this show. I am honored to be here with oh, you both. Likewise. Thank you so much for giving us time. Um, so, yeah. we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, obviously, the chat's going crazy. Yeah. We're over a thousand already. Um, Mark, awesome. how do you want to structure this? Should we start off with some fan questions or just let it roll out into whatever? You know, so look, I think, um, I think, you know, we're going to have plenty of fan questions. Um, you know, we're going to have, um, in, in, in theory, you want to talk about the super chats first real quick? Just right. To, uh, so all super know. chats will go towards any donation that James wants. So all your money will go to a good place. Um, just a disclaimer. Very, very kind. So we already got one in. And we, we, may, we may not read them right away, uh, so we might leave them for the end. But just know that yours will be read. And, uh, yeah, they're going to go to a good place. So with that said, let's begin. Awesome. Yeah, so so how we're going to format this, guys, is that theory will start uh, with a few questions. Sure. Uh, and then I'll jump in with my own questions. And then we'll get to the fan questions as well. So... We only have an hour with the great James Arnold Taylor, but we're very, very excited to fill it up with great content. So, Theory, take it so, away. So, uh, as many know, you are Obi-Wan Kenobi, the voice, the man himself. Um, but uh, yeah. besides that, you've, you're a very esteemed voice actor. So, I'd love to hear about your story, how you got started into that, and um, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, my story is is different than a lot of other actors, actually, Theory, because it is something I've wanted to do since I was a young kid. So, since I was about four years old, somewhere along the line when I was four, I realized that there are people in little padded rooms talking on microphones doing the voices of the cartoon characters, and it clicked for me. And I just knew I wanted to do it. So when I was a teenager, I was preparing for this. I was making tapes constantly. I had a little Radio Shack tape player. I was making my own shows, doing voices, you know, my own little Twilight yeah. Zones on on tape. I created superheroes. Yeah. Uh, and I would record these audio dramas and stuff. And when I was 16, I got into stand-up comedy. And then 17, I went to the local radio station and said, how do you get into radio? How do you do? And so I started sweeping up. Uh, at the radio station and, and handing out bumper stickers at concerts and working for free. And within a year, I had a job there and was one of the DJs on, I was the overnight DJ. It was kind of like out of a movie where they called me up one night, you know, kid, you're on, you know, no and it way. was like, because the overnight guy was nowhere to be found and they called me up and they knew I had been doing these fake shows in the production room every <laughs> night, you know, just you know, getting ready to be a DJ yeah. someday and doing all these voices. And so they put me on and uh, the rest was history for me. But I got into um, writing and producing radio comedy for stations all over the country from the likes of Howard Stern to uh, Rick Dees to uh, Jonathan Brandmeier, so many different people. And I would produce these comedy bits where I would have to do all the voices. And so I always knew that I wanted to do voices. And I very much then moved to Hollywood after I got married. Uh, my wife and I, I was 21 and moved to Hollywood with the thought that I would try to get into voiceover and eventually got an agent and did all that. But I've always wanted to just do voice. You know, most actors kind of fall into voiceover because it's like, well, you know, I was a character actor, but I do voices. And, and mine was always, no, I want to do voices for, for cartoons. And video games were not necessarily something that I could have imagined when I was a kid because, you know, when I was a kid, it was like Pong and Space Invaders yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. But <laughs> uh, a lot of um, a lot of work went into 
figuring out that, you know, video games were going to be something that voices could be done in. And, and I did actually work years, I mean, back, back in 91, I think, 1991, 90, 1990, I worked on a game uh, and it was uh, Distrega was the name of the game. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, this character team, which is funny because he was this blonde guy with a big sword. I think he had two swords and he was kind of similar to this character I voiced for many years in Final Fantasy and still voiced whenever wait, they wait, gave wait, me the opportunity. Wait, 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 who did you voice in Final Fantasy? What? I'm Titus or Titus. A lot of people say Titus, but I'm Titus in Final Fantasy X. Okay. So I, it was the first game to ever actually wow, feature cool. a I didn't voice know that. Yeah. So, um, so that one was uh, a, a big deal. But it was funny that years earlier I did a character that was very similar to Titus. But uh, a lot of people say Titus. You can say either one. The pronunciation they gave me when we made the game was Titus. So I always say Titus. And whenever people tell me jokes, I have to laugh at them the way Titus would. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, so, let's so, get that out of the way because somebody would have asked for it. So, so when when uh, so when you were young and you were doing these uh, radio plays at home, do you remember what was that first voice that gave you the confidence or the realization that you know how to do voices? That's a great question. Um, gosh, I don't know if anybody's ever asked me what the first voice that gave me confidence like that. I would do. Um, like Rod Serling, I was doing Twilight Zone, my own little Twilight Zone. Oh, that's a good one. Submitted for your approval, you know, James <laughs> Taylor, voice actor. Um, <clears throat> I would do these, that's just cool. you know, uh, I would do like, uh, but Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, you know, duck season, whammit season, whammit season, duck season, fire. You know, I was just always <laughs> very, very quiet. I'm on Dick Wabbits. Where's the kaboom? <laughs> you know, um, I was I was always just doing uh, a lot of those. Uh, Droopy dog. Hello, Joe. What do you know? You know, it's just, <laughs> I think those ones really kind of hit with me first. And, uh, and Scooby-Doo. Cool. <laughs> right? Ruby dooby doo Zoinks like, hey, Scoob. Oh, my God. You know, God. I, I was just always kind of messing around doing, doing those cartoon characters. Yeah. And I found from an early age that I had a pretty good vocal range too. And so uh, for being a little guy, cause I have always been the shortest kid in my class. I was always the shortest kid, but I could do voices. And so I found it kept me from getting picked on. Um, what did your parents think about this when they would walk by your room and they would hear a whole <laughs> cacophony of, uh, of different voices coming out? Yeah, you know, um, I grew up with uh, my my mom and my brother and sister. Uh, I actually never knew my father, but uh, it's a long story. But um, the short end of it is it turns out that he actually did what I do for a living. I found out uh, oh, just wow. not that long ago. He worked in radio and he was a TV host. And um, so it was pretty funny to find that I actually followed in his footsteps and I That's never cool. even knew it. So uh, pretty cool. But uh, my mom was always very, you know, um, uh, encouraging of it. And she worked in radio when she was younger. And so, uh, yeah, my brother and sister would, you know, like at the end of the day, I would put on shows. I'd put on my Sesame Street records when I was a little kid and I'd, you know, lip sync to the songs. And, and now I'm, I'm like the luckiest guy in the world. Cause Frank Oz is like a friend of mine now. No and way. I get to, you know, tell him, you know, when I was a kid, I used to dance around to your stuff. He's like, yeah, save it, James. You know, he's, just, he's so funny. He's just got the driest sense of humor. And, uh, it's just been a it's been a real childhood dream to be able to be in this world, and so much of it is thanks to Star Wars. It really is. But uh, but I also say that to encourage people. If you have dreams like that, know that they actually can come true. Because I look, I was the shortest kid in my class. I was uh, I'm a high school dropout. I was just the nerd that did voices, and I've managed to be very blessed to have a, a 
wonderful career and go after my dreams. I just pursued it with a passion. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely hustled through the, the, the radio show there and all that. I mean, that, that probably if you gave up and, you know, they said, oh, no, we don't want you, you probably wouldn't have gotten where you are today. So, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it takes persistence. It also takes uh, a good spirit about you, though. You got to be persistent in the right way. You know, you, it's, it's a different world now um, than it was then because there was no social media. I know you can't imagine that there was no cell phones. There was no social media or really computers. Um, and so you just had to you made cassette tapes and you put them out, you mail them out. So uh, you have to be persistent, but you have to be friendly. You have to be, you know, I try to be the Tom Hanks of voiceover. I, I want to be the nicest yeah. guy in the room and, and have everybody happy to work with me. Well, that's important. Cool. When did you how did you get into Star Wars? Well, it was a long time ago in a studio <laughs> far, far away. Um, I had to take the joke. Uh, sorry. I got into it uh, back, well, in um, 2001 is when I first auditioned for Obi-Wan, the voice of Obi-Wan for the micro series of the Clone Wars. I'm sure you guys know the micro series, uh, but for awesome. fans maybe don't know it, it was these little three-minute uh, cartoons that were put on Cartoon Network. And, uh, you know, God bless George Lucas, man. He wanted to do something different in between the movies, you know, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith were, were still, you know, Sith was still being made. Attack of the Clones had just been finished. And so he had this idea to do these cartoons that were little interstitials that would kind of tell the story of what was going on in the Clone Wars. And that opened the door for what we all now know as the Clone Wars, the series yeah. that we know. But um, I got to play Obi-Wan in that. It was an audition out of my agent's booth. And they played me. I didn't know what it was for. They played me some uh, audio of Ewan, and I, I had done some of Ewan's uh, doubling for other things, where he had like an American voice for like Moulin Rouge, and and then later for uh, movies like Robots and stuff. And so, I knew that our voices were similar. So um, basically, when when Ewan McGregor is doing like an American accent, his voice kind of sounds somewhere in here. It's just you know he just he he covers up his accent. He talks from the front of his mouth. So I thought. Well, I'll reverse that. I'll put an accent on, but I'll think Alec Guinness, not not Scottish Ewan yeah. McGregor, but British yeah. Alec Guinness, with my voice at the level that Ewan's is. So I didn't I didn't um, get in my head too much about it. I just relaxed yeah. in it, and I just thought, well, if I just relax in the voice, then hopefully that will come out as as Ewan. And uh, they liked what I did, and uh, the rest is history. Although I will say. Um, it wasn't until we started making the Revenge of the Sith video game that it really locked me in as I know Mark doesn't like that game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but when we started recording that game, David Collins was directing it. David's a dear friend of mine. Um, and he, he brought in this this laptop that was like handcuffed to him, basically. He's like, you cannot tell anybody you've seen this. And they showed me these scenes of Ewan on a blue screen. And um, he goes, if you can match this, because this is different, because, you know, normally he's he's just talking like this. You must be mindful of the force, Anakin, you know, yeah. and all this. They, but they played this other scene for me, and they said it's kind of like in Attack of the Clones, you know, where it was, come to your senses. What would Padme do if she was in your position? It was that kind of grasp, that rap, gravelly right. kind of sound. And this scene was a scene we all now know and love, but it was, you know, you were the chosen one who said you were to destroy the Sith, not join them. And so they played that whole scene for me and said, can you match that? And so I did my best and they went, we got our Obi-Wan and the rest for me after that really was history. So cool. Yeah. First of all, I just got chills hearing yeah. you say that. Um, 
it, it, you know, after all these years, I've heard it so many times, it still it still works, you know? Um, it does, yeah. You know, what, one thing that I want to ask you about the Revenge of the Sith game, I just recently streamed it on my channel, and we've right. been having a lot of fun with it. Um, and your performance in it is amazing. Um, and you. But one interesting thing about Revenge of the Sith is that the game actually came out before the movie came out. Yeah. And and it basically reveals the entire story, you know? So that would never in a million years happen today. No. You know? So do, do, you, do you remember what your mindset was back in those days, knowing that there was a video game that basically spoils the entire movie before the movie comes out? And <laughs> was anybody even talking about that or thinking about that? It's just, this is only 15 years ago, and it's a completely different world. Isn't that weird? Um, you know, the funny thing is, is I, literally standing here right now, I can I can close my eyes and see the room, feel exactly how it was, the smell of the room, the the feel, all of it. I remember those, those um, sessions so vividly. I really do. And I remember the talk about it kind of in the session was, you know, it's doubtful somebody's going to get through this whole thing before the movie, you know, <laughs> like... <laughs> But it's like, no, people played through, you know, it's like they'll stay yeah. up all night. They'll play for hours at a time. But I think it was also very much they, they were aware of it and they want I think it was kind of an experiment, kind of see how it would go, see what would happen. But um, you're absolutely right. They'd never do something like that now because somebody would manage to get through the whole game in you know, 15 oh, yeah. hours or something and reveal plot points. But it, they, we talked about it quite a bit and it was a big deal. And it was weird for me, just like seeing those scenes that they showed me to know the the story before it came out because I was I was a fan like everybody else um so one quick follow-up question on the on the Revenge of the Sith um, the actor who played Anakin in my opinion I thought he does a great job in Revenge yeah, of Matt the Lucas. Sith video. you know I thought he did a really really nice job with the voice and there was times where I was playing it where I wasn't sure if it was Hayden or not Hayden um, did you guys have scenes together did you guys work together on that we didn't, so generally speaking in video games, you you never work with the other people. Yeah, I've yeah, only yeah. had that happen once or twice. But I knew Matt because we worked together on the Clone Wars micro series. So he was Anakin in the micro series. Mm, it is funny how it was Matt Lucas and then Matt Lanter took over. Um, and Matt Lucas was of no relation to George Lucas, but uh, a great young man, a uh, great voice actor, great editor, um, video editor as well, and, and sound editor. But uh, he was a voice actor and... You know, his whole thing was matching uh, Hayden, exactly. And when we moved over to the Clone Wars series, they weren't as concerned about that with any of us. They wanted us to make the characters our own. So in those games, I was specifically supposed to channel Ewan as much as I could, and Matt was supposed to channel uh, Hayden as much as he could. And you're right. I mean, he, he really did. He had that that spot-on thing of this, you know, oh, master. It was this. It's, it's this weird yeah. kind of... It's, I always say it's almost like a young Christopher Walken, you yeah, know? Yeah, You're yeah. like, the council doesn't approve of me. It, you know, it's crazy, but Obi-Wan, you know, I don't know. I, there's this kind of Walken-esque quality to Hayden's voice. I never thought about that, but Make right. a series yeah, on I've that. I planted that seed now, like sorry. It. Christopher Walken yeah, denied the rank awesome. of master. That'd be great. <laughs> I was denied. Wow, it's crazy. Yoda. Don't be a jerk. Come on. God. You know, this lightsaber I got here was your father's. <laughs> I had to wear this uncomfortable saber in my arcade. 
five long years. No, I, I can't. Wait, I should. That's awesome. I'll, I'll get the uh, the lightsaber. There it is. No, no. This uh, lightsaber I got here. No. <laughs> so so wait a minute. Is that like a, like a special replica, or is that just a standard? That's a standard replica. This one is of of Luke's, but that would be the appropriate one to give him, right? You know. So, yeah. Uh, Screen used. But I've got Obi Wan. <laughs> Here's Obi Wan's there. Oh, that's a beauty. Oh, yeah, that one's beauty. that one's fun, and that's got the real weight to it and stuff. Oh, I've got wow. the top ones too, but all sorts of little memorabilia here in my studio. <laughs> Cool. Yep. So in the Revenge so. of the Sith game, I know you get to play as Anakin. I didn't get to play because I didn't have a PlayStation uh, at that time when I was a kid. Um, but were there any talks that you know of of um, George shooting something like that, like of inside the temple? Because that's really my only gripe with Revenge of the Sith is that we never got to see Anakin just, well, we got to see a hologram of him that Obi-Wan watched. I would have loved to have seen right. more of that, like him fight Sindrelig and, and all those guys. Yeah, there was cool. never any talk that I, I was involved in, um, but I'm in complete agreement with you. I, I feel like that's one area. I mean, I understand the darkness of it all, but I also think it's really important to the character arc and um, to really just know more of what happened there would have been really interesting. I, I think they certainly tried to convey it through Yoda and, and Obi-Wan's feelings, you know, right. and picking up on the Force, but I, I'm with you 100% on that. Yeah. Um, I saw an interview with Ian McDermott a while ago. He was on YouTube somewhere, and he said that there was actually some cut scene that George left out of Younglings. Um, I've heard that as well, yeah. You don't know anything about that? But I don't know anything, no. Yeah, all I've, I've heard the same. I think it's probably th uh, through Ian uh, as well. But, uh, yeah, no. Uh, it, I, it's, yeah, it would be cool. It would be sweet. Yeah, because my yeah. whole issue was like, oh, I really wanted to see, like, Kayla, we know he turned bad, he did all these things. But I wanted to see him use that dark side power fighting Jedi uh, besides Obi-Wan before he, you know, he got cut up and everything. I think been... it's a different world now. I think if, if it was being made now, I think we would see that and you would see because I think it's important also to see these younglings putting up a fight and yeah. holding their own against yeah. a Sith Lord, yeah. you know, um, yeah. or to become a Sith Lord. But uh, yeah, maybe that one got been, away. Who knows? A very powerful, yeah, very powerful scene. So, so um, speaking of Sith Lords, not that he's a Sith Lord, but he definitely, um, you know, has the potential. Um, mm. I've met George Lucas a few times. You know, yeah. I've been very lucky to meet him a few times. If George is listening out there, first of all, thank you, because he's actually been helping me out on a lot of really cool things recently. Oh, that's um, And um, when I met George, I was very nervous. You know, um, it was at the Guggenheim museum in new york uh for the anniversary of thx 1138 oh, and wow. uh, he was there with all with martin scorsese and francis ford coppola <laughs> and it was just absolute magic you know and yeah. i was introduced to him and i was very very awkward and um you know just shook his hand and he just kind of shook my hand and like turned around and left you know that was my first meeting of george lucas um yeah. but i'm assuming that your first meeting of george lucas was very different do you recall the first time you actually got to sit down and, and, and meet him? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been very fortunate to be in rooms with him on, on many occasions. Uh, some, some of my most memorable moments would be sitting in one of the small screening rooms at the uh, ranch, Big Rock Ranch, watching episodes of Clone Wars with him sitting next to me or uh, sitting just right behind me at various times and then hearing him react 
to, you know, lines of dialogue I said, or things that we all did, or laughing in moments. Those are like my more magical moments. Um, but the first time I, I met him officially, we were, we all got in this elevator and, um, my daughter was very young. She was like four or five years old. And Lynn Hale, who uh, I'm sure you all know, publicist uh, at Star Wars and just a fantastic person and just so dear to all of us at the, on the Clone Wars cast. Lynn, um, who loved my daughter, my daughter is very precocious and very extroverted, said, Lydia, would you like to meet George Lucas? And I'm thinking, yeah, who wouldn't, you know? And, <laughs> and, and my daughter goes, yeah, you know, of course, <laughs> you know, and she goes, well, George, this is Lydia. And I turn around and George Lucas is just in the corner of the elevator, quietly, just there while, you know, some of us cast and, and people are in the elevator and he's like, hello, Lydia, how are you? Nice to meet you, wow. you know? And, oh, and then this is James. He's your Obi-Wan, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. And he was just so, you know, George is always just that. He's just very even keel. Um, and he's just, a. Uh, if you can talk about film and if you want to talk about film and stuff, he's, he comes alive, you know, I, um, That's awesome. but he's just very low key and he's just, he lets actors be actors. Mm -hmm. He lets us do our thing. Um, and the relationship obviously that he has with Dave Filoni was magical, uh, because they were every day together working on this. So I always feel like we got a bit of George every time we went in the studio because Dave would convey what George was feeling or seeing or saying, because originally he was not supposed to be that involved in Clone Wars. He didn't, he was like, okay, I'm going to kind of step back. And then he loved it so much that he was involved every single day with that show. Dave or so, George? George. Okay. George. Yeah. And he was just going to let Dave and the crew do their thing and kind of let it be what it is. And right. then he just loved what they were doing so much that he just got involved every day. He was there. So we all had wonderful experiences of getting to, you know, see him, meet him, uh, talk to him uh, various times throughout the years. The last time I saw him was back up at the ranch a couple of years ago. We did a screening of. Oh, no. Master Kenobi. Oh. Why? Oh, did we? <laughs> Reconnection success. Oh, no. Still. No, we're good. We're good. Sorry. Are we there? Yeah, it gave me some notification That's that it okay. got cut. Oh well. Ah. The Sith Lords. But um I totally nerded out on him the last time I saw George. Um he was talking about CG and the the rise of all this and and the how great it is, you know? And he's he's talking about a humble guy. He doesn't he doesn't take to heart that the reason we have so much of what we have in <laughs> right. Hollywood is George Lucas. Yeah. And I you yeah. know, I've always been uh, an advocate for him in, in that. But he was talking in the interview going like, you know, I look at Planet of the Apes and he just watched the last Planet of the Apes movie. And he goes, it's just so amazing that these apes are just regular characters we just accept. And he's like, I think that's so great that the technology's allowed that. And I, I, after the interview, I saw him, I go, George, you do realize the only reason why we have all that is because of you. <laughs> and he's just like, well, I mean, he's just, you know, he can't. Yeah, yeah. I said, no, honestly, I said, I'm not kissing up. Is because you created this stuff and you were fearless in your ability to just say, okay, what's it going to cost? Well, let's just do it. Yeah. And he did that with Clone Wars on a regular basis. Yeah. He would say, well, you know, what do we need to do to make this look better? They'd say, well, it requires more money. Well, how much more? Okay. All right. Well, then do it. He wasn't afraid of doing that. He wanted the show to be what he envisioned. And so I, I think more people need to realize when they watch the Avengers or Planet of the Apes or anything else, it's uh, you got George Lucas to thank for, <laughs> for everything, yeah. all this technology. Yeah, yeah not just yeah, Star yeah, respect, Wars. Respect. I've been watching a lot of yeah. the, the bonus discs um, for the prequels. And then I'm, I'm going to actually I just got in the Revenge of the Sith one, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi oh, one. Yeah. Um, 
and I get to see how meticulous he is with literally everything. It, it, yeah. It, he, he's hands-on with the most tiny details that you wouldn't even expect for him to care, but he is. And, and so my question is, was he like that with the Clone Wars as well? Uh, yeah, as far as I am aware, you know, again, Dave Filoni could speak to that much more because they would talk daily. Um, but I can tell you, there were numerous times when we would record the show. We recorded out here in Los Angeles, and Dave would go, hang on, and he'd be on the phone, and he'd be talking, and he'd hang up, and he'd go, okay, George was saying, and, so, and then we'd all freak out, ooh, George was on the phone. <laughs> um, and we'd get excited, but it, it made the energy uh, in the room different. But yeah. there would be things that if he, you know, had a thought on something, he'd call Dave and say, remember to get that line that way, or, or this or that, or, yeah. you know, Dave would be asking him, well, what did you exactly did you want on this? So his fingerprints are all over the Clone Wars, and I think that that's really the most exciting thing about it as an actor in Star Wars yeah. is how much involvement he had with all of it. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> one thing that's really interesting, and, and look, I'm going to try it in just my sort of honest question that I have in my brain, but when the Clone Wars was on uh, Cartoon Network, um, it was achieving a, such a high level of production, and it was it was very mature. Um, you know, it, it you know it was dealing with the loss of life, I think, yeah. in a very realistic way. Um, and then it built up, uh, I believe, for you know uh, five seasons uh, before it moved over to Netflix uh, at the beginning of the acquisition through Disney. Being somebody who was with Lucasfilm, LucasArts, and Star Wars from the early aughts through the whole sequel trilogy. And yeah. then into the, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the prequel trilogy, into yeah. the transition to the Disney ownership. Can you describe a little bit of the change of the folks after the acquisition? Was everybody gun-ho? Were there some you know, uh, trepidations? Like, what was the, the sort of the mood during the transition? Oh, I think it was always very positive, um, for sure. Uh, I, I, and to kind of back even just a little on that, I was very fortunate to be the host of an event they called Star Wars Weekends every year in uh, Disney in Florida, Hollywood Studios. And I got to host the last five years of the event. And the first year I hosted it was when they brought the new Star Tours to life and, uh, you know, we're reopening it. And that was our day one. And I sat for about a half an hour backstage with, I feel like I'm going to do my Golden Girls moment. Picture it, you know, uh, 2000. <laughs> 2010, uh, but um, I'm backstage with Dave Filoni, Ashley Eckstein, Daniel Logan, Anthony Daniels, Bob Iger, and George Lucas, and we're all just back there waiting to go on, on stage in front of 25,000 people out front and kick off this event, and George, they had just had breakfast, which is now a very famous breakfast, I guess, of them having talks about buying yeah. Star Wars, and so... I remember watching George, you know, just this close, standing there selling Bob on this show, Clone Wars, and how exciting it was. And he was like a kid talking about, you know, his his newest invention. It was, it was so uh, wonderful. And I feel like, you know, a lot of that transitioned into it all because of his excitement for it. Um, you know, it's always hard when you're involved in something. I've been involved in so many different franchises where one group takes it and then they changes over and, you know, things like that happen even with Marvel and DC and stuff when, when I've worked on things. Um, I did a show called The Spectacular Spider-Man years ago and I was Harry Osborn on that. And 
And that show was like Stan Lee's favorite version of Spider-Man. And then, and then it got no bought. Idea. And then yeah. it got bought and changed. And so you go, oh, and thankfully with, with Star Wars, it didn't change so dramatically. There was still a great love of Star Wars. I think that was the beauty of it. Is you had people that really held it precious and wanted to do the right things with it. And so they, they tried. I, my own personal feeling is a lot of, a lot of the first attempts uh, feel a little like the kids getting the keys to dad's car and going out on a joyride with it, you know, and George being the dad and, yeah. <laughs> and all of us and Disney and everybody being the kids with the keys. Yeah. Um, but you know, those are growing pains that are going to happen with, uh, with anything as you find your footing in it. But um, I think all in all, uh, everybody was very, receptive i wish they had not made the choice to cancel our show <laughs> um my my but i'm very grateful that they brought us back yeah. you know my hope would have been in my perfect world it would have been something where they had held on to clone wars and finished it right at the end of them finishing it then force awakens comes out then force awakens comes out and then they release a show like rebels yeah. or something mm -hmm. that would have been my perfect world because that would have then said to all the fans okay we're hanging on with you we know you got this Clone Wars just won Emmys. You know you really like it. We're going to hang on to that. Going to finish it off. And then we're going to give you the new movies and all that. That would have been my perfect world. Didn't happen that way. But um, they brought us back. And they did it with so much respect and love uh, for all of us and the fans that I can't complain. Yeah. Well, that's a good answer. Um, do you think we'll ever see... Maybe a, a Clone Wars adaptation or, or style of um, telling Luke's story between 6 and 7? Ooh. Oh, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be wonderful? Be theory? Yeah. That would be wonderful. Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, uh, of course, I'm I'm like everybody else. You know, I mean, I I just I usually find these things out when I look online. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I found out that you know they announced the Clone Wars uh, coming back. You know, because everybody told me about the Comic Con panel. Yeah, yeah. Ashley was but saying something about, about it too. Yeah. Yeah, I knew about it for months before that because we were in the studio doing solo. I was doing uh, vo voice because I my voice is in all of the last films, all all of these last four or five films. So um, we were doing some voices for solo, and Matt Wood comes to me and says, "You know, they're talking about bringing Clone Wars back." I'm like, "No," and this was in February, so they didn't announce it till July. But so we find these things out. So I like you are the same thing to where I, I go, "Oh, I hope they do that," and I'm always. Uh, happy when I'm pleasantly surprised by the ideas. I hope somebody's listening to your, your thoughts there because nice. I think that's a beautiful idea. Yeah. I would love to see that happen. I'd love to know where he is and what he's doing, all that stuff. Um, yeah. I'd love to talk about the Obi-Wan show a little bit. I'm, I don't know how much you know or how much you can even talk about. Um, oh, yeah. Do you think there is room for us to get some Clone Wars flashbacks in the show? Ooh, wouldn't that be... Uh, that would some, be neat. Some de-aging... Um, technology or something like that with Ewan and Hayden. I think that would yeah. be Yeah. Um, I think it would be awesome. Uh, I don't know anything about this show. I, it's funny, I put a video out uh, on May the 4th that went pretty viral on, on my YouTube channel. And in it, I mentioned, because people have been asking me about of course. The, the Kenobi yeah. film or the, the show. And by the way, I'm so glad it's a show and not a movie. Yeah. I, I mean, from the beginning, I was going, boy, if they made it like, you know, a six or 10 episode yep. thing, that would really be so kudos to them for doing yeah, that. Yeah. But I, I had mentioned in it in a joking way of like, oh, man, I want to be on that so bad. Yeah, yeah, I hope I'm in that, you know, joking around. And um, 
because I just think it would be fun. I'd love to be like an alien in the background yeah. in, in makeup. <laughs> yeah. But it went kind of crazy. And then people started talking about it on Reddit. It's like, I'm not trying to push my way in. Uh, but I just love it because I'm such a fan of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm such a fan of Ewan McGregor, of what he's done. People have always asked me what's my favorite things about the prequels. And I always say two words, Ewan McGregor. Um, but I think that it would be a wonderful thing if they could make, I would love to see Satine. I think that would be really awesome to see a live action Satine, to see some of that. You know, look, I'm also a big fan of the thought of them taking Anna Graves and I and having us tell, because we're voice actors, we can sound younger, the yeah. young story of what happened to Obi-Wan and Satine in an animated yeah. series. I think that fans would go nuts for that. But uh, yeah, I would absolutely love to see flashbacks. I think that's a great idea. Um, I'm, I'm as much at a loss as all of you as to what I have no idea what they're going to do with it. I would love to be involved in any way. I'll, I'll, I'll be the water boy. I don't care, but, uh, I, I, I'd love to do a voice or to, to have some little nod in there. Cause uh, you should, I think they should put you in there as someone. I think <laughs> I saw even George was in uh, revenge of the Sith uh, when he was the, uh, the, I don't know. He was some alien, some blue alien right yep. before the opera scene. So, Hey, why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so to 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 uh, dig into Clone Wars for a second, um, yeah, and I'm just gonna cherry pick some of my favorite moments. But to me, those moments, because you're right, um, the prequels, Ewan McGregor is so good in the prequels that as a you know diehard fan of the prequels, Revenge of the Sith is my personal favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, uh, you know I um, I really loved the Clone Wars, but when I stopped thinking a Ewan McGregor facsimile and really started to embrace the James Arnold Taylor uh, Kenobi as his own entity. There was many points throughout the Clone Wars where that happened to me, but to me, my kind of favorite uh, uh, um, sh uh, like sort of episode arc mm -hmm. is, is when uh, you and Asajj Ventress sort of team up, you know? Yeah. And, and there was some gorgeous moments where, um, I'm gonna butcher the line, but like Asajj Ventress says, "What are you gonna do? Run?" And she's like, "Well, you know." And, and then you know, Obi Wan tells us, "Well, I learned that from you." You know, like, and like, even though they're helping each other, there's still this kind of fun Sam and Diane sort of conflict between them. Um, do Do you recall like working with the? Because like, you know, forgive oh, me, yeah. but I don't know the name of the Nika actor. Nika Futterman. Yeah, Nika yeah, Futterman is. Uh, Nika is the voice of, of Ventress, and Nika and I have known each other for 20-plus years. We've worked together on uh, countless cartoons. Um, we've played brother and sister. We've played, you know, oh, uh, husband and wife. We've played all sorts of things. And when we got to come together to play uh, Obi-Wan and Ventress, which was, I think, one of my first days in the studio, um, because, you know, the, the Clone Wars movie was actually four episodes originally. They were supposed oh, to be wow. the first four episodes of the series, but George watched them and liked them so much. He said, let's make this a movie. So uh, I think the first dialogue I had in the studio for Clone Wars, the series uh, was with Nika doing those, you know, uh, uh, I have you now, darling, or my darling, or whatever, you know, there's just that always, that back and forth we had was so yeah. great. And Nika's really great at was. that. And I, I would love to see more storylines in that. You know, I mean, look, my personal opinion is is what George's was years ago. I remember Dave came in one day and said, 
it, we were probably at season three or four and he goes, George loves us so much. He says he'd like to do like 300 episodes. And we were all like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I honestly believe something like the Clone Wars is a show that could have gone yeah. forever. forever. I, I agree. I agree completely. Those are just stories of day in the life. The beautiful thing about it was, and to, sorry, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but the, the Star Trek reference here is that the beauty of Star Trek was we got to see what it was like yeah. every day in their lives on the on the Enterprise and just how they were. Or Next Generation did that even more so. And I loved that. I loved seeing Picard's quarters and how he lived and, you know, all of that. And Clone Wars was that for all of the fans of Star Wars. It was a chance to see into Obi-Wan and Anakin and Padme and Ahsoka's lives deeper than ever before. And certainly Rex and all these great characters. So I feel like you could continue to tell those stories forever um, in just a great way because people love that dynamic between Anakin and Obi-Wan too. You know I mean? Mm. Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. Yes, but he's not, he's Anakin yeah. Skywalker. <laughs> you know, he's Darth Vader is Darth Vader. I mean, they're the same, but they're, they can live in different places and we can appreciate those storylines and know that there's stuff that happened in their lives. I would love a, a Vader spinoff. I would love a story of just all the stuff going on with Vader, uh, you know, yeah. and the struggles. I mean, now, now you're singing to the choir. I mean, that's what, that's what I think Theory and I live for, is the idea that they'll give us uh, a Vader-heavy series. And I think, to some degree, at least I feel this way, that the Bad Batch might have quite a bit of Vader in it, um, because the way that Clone Wars ended, which I thought was one of the most beautiful poetic scenes I've right. ever seen in Star Wars, period, um, of of uh, Darth Vader walking up, uh, yep. you know, finding us, uh, uh, you know, um, the uh, lightsabers, um, and continuing that character, uh, sort of cliffhanger, you know, oh, yeah. into the Bad Batch, I think could be actually a very interesting, a very interesting thing, and hopefully they'll do it. Um, but yeah. do do you have an opinion as to why you think so much of the Disney content is sort of straying away from? Uh, lightsabers straying away from force users, you know, giving us, you know, um, or announcing shows about Cassian Andor and announcing shows that are as far away from the force users as possible. And even with the Mandalorian, I think at first I was like, oh, here we go again. No, no force. And then thank God you get baby Yoda, which is more force than you can deal with. Um, you know, so, you know, I think that that really helped out the show, but do you see a little bit of a direction shift to try to get away from the Jedi? Um, you know, it's interesting. And I, I've heard you guys talk about this before. In theory, I, I've heard you talk about this as well on just, you know, in, individually. Um, I, 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 I've, I've heard you say as well, Theory, I agree with this in that Star Wars is about the Force, you know? I mean, that's, that's what we want. That's what we, because it's, that's the magic of it. For me, you know, look, I'm, I'm 51 years old. I grew up with Star Wars. It was a it it was very cool. Han Solo was one of my favorite characters. I love Han Solo, but at, at the end of the day, Luke Skywalker is ultimately, arguably, the greatest hero of all movie yeah. kind. You know, because not just because of you know his his character, but because of the Force and because it's so mysterious even to him. And and digging into those layers, it's it's funny to me because I don't know. Maybe what happened with the prequels is we got so much of the force and even Clone Wars, we got so much of the force with star Wars, the first three, which were of course the, the sequels, it was more of a mystery. I would love to see them go to that mystery again, go back to that. It's just like, like you're talking about, um, telling that story between right. seven and six, right? 
Luke Skywalker knows the Force differently than Obi-Wan knows the Force. Luke Skywalker knows the Force differently than Kanan knows the Force. You know, so it's a different world. I want to know that world more. I would hope they would go more into that world. I think what they're trying to do, Mark, is they're they're trying to, you know, put their own stamp on it. They're trying to create a broader world, maybe a more accepting world of 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 things. And I respect that. I understand that it's their it's their franchise. They can do with it as they please. Yeah. I I think I would be happier if it was more of an investigation yeah. of the force. It was more of those small you know, little stories of a person, you know, I mean, just Luke yeah, on Dagobah, yeah. you know, could be just, yeah. I get chills thinking about it, you know, and, and after Yoda's gone, just hearing his voice and th because that's what we're all dealing with now. I mean, look at even in the world right now, we're all yeah. in our own isolation and we're all yeah. asking questions and we all have the big why. And the beauty of the force is it's the big why, you know, um, Obi-Wan is a true believer of the force of the Jedi way and all of that. And so I try to hold true to that as well for me as the actor that has portrayed him for 18 years. Um, so I don't, I don't know exactly, you know, what their thought process is on that, but I, I hope they, they listen to the hundreds of thousands, the millions of fans that, uh, you know, that like yourselves feel like, Oh, let's get some really cool little stories about the force here. Cause I feel like they're doing a, a, a really good job with the books like master and apprentice and Duke, like, Man, yeah. I would love to get a, like yeah. a Disney Plus show on Master and Apprentice, like Qui Gon training Obi Wan. Yeah, like, that would be amazing. Even an animated show, oh, yeah. I'd like whatever, anything. Um, I I agree <laughs> with the animated idea, but right, yes. like they, it, I think it would be a really good idea. They could make these little, even, couple episodes. That's all we really need. Um, Mark, yeah. it almost feels like when you say that, it almost uh, feels like you know, a Harry Potter movie without magic. That's without the force is that that's mm. what it feels like the, the characters are still interesting and cool but yeah, i see what it, you're saying and that's exactly how i feel too um yeah it's what mark you were saying it on on the episode a few back where you were talking about the new the bad batch mm -hmm. of saying you want it to be that and what you just pressed on again with with regards to vader i, I think you're right that was some of the most cinematic you could you can hit pause on the screen of that and it looks like a Macquarie drawing, you know, it's, beautiful. it's beautiful art, Yeah. but it, it, it stirs something in us Star Wars fans that goes, yeah. tell me that story. Yeah. I want to know that. So I want to know deeper into that. So I hope you're, you're right. Or I hope they're listening to that because I do think it would be beautiful. As you guys talked about that in that episode of combining those, those clones, the Bad Batch into maybe hunting Vader, or do they become part of, are they working for him? Ooh, yeah, th that's exciting really stuff. Cool. Yeah, you know, um, I was very lucky when I was doing voiceover directing for Grand Theft Auto back in the old days to yeah. work uh, with uh, Burt Reynolds. On, oh yeah, uh, on um, on he did a voice for Grand Theft Auto uh, back in the old days, <laughs> and uh, Burt Reynolds um, gave me I think the coolest insight I've ever gotten into acting. Really, and he's like he's like the greatest actors don't act; they behave. You know. Yeah. You know, very simple little thing. And I think he got it from somebody else, but it was like... He got that from uh, Spencer Tracy, and he actually talks about it in his in his autobiography. If anybody's a Burt Reynolds fan, I highly recommend his his autobiography because he talks about the brilliance of that. So, but I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that concept of behaving is such a powerful concept in acting. Yeah. What, what, are, what are those attributes that you take from Obi-Wan's character that help you behave like Obi-Wan? Uh, you're seeing it right there. Um, no, it's uh, it's all this. Hmm. 
he, he's a listener. Obi-Wan is a listener. He's an introvert. I'm an extrovert and I love to talk and hear the sound of my own wacky voices. So I, I really have to pull on that inner Obi-Wan and, and listen. Um, Obi-Wan just wants to see it all. And I think he sees things differently. I think he sees things the way Qui-Gon did and Yoda does. He's a great combination of all these these Jedi. And I think he is a combination of Anakin too, because I do honestly believe he learned a lot from Anakin um, from the beginning. Uh, and so he's just a great listener. And I try to be uh, a better listener. Uh, I, I enjoy listening. I, f I have found through the years as I've 18 years of dealing with Obi-Wan and being, being with Obi-Wan that how much I enjoy listening to people, just listening to you guys. It's like, again, it's like I, I, I watch and listen. You guys asked, oh, do you, do you know the shows? It's like, yes, I watch the shows. I, I love awesome. hearing thank all you. that because, well, no, uh, thank you because what you're doing is so important to fandom and fandom is so important to Star Wars because without it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just a fun movie yeah. that happened in the seventies. But so this is all really important dialogue to have happen because it really helps us find new storylines and it's going to help them. I know it because the more people watch and listen and have thoughts about all of it, the more they put it out there. And then, you know, it's, it's great that it's a melting pot. You know, you, you don't want to go into the extreme to where fans start demanding things and then they, because they get it, you know, it's like, I understand that balance too, but I think it's a really wonderful time to be a Star Wars fan because there's so many options. I just, I hope they start putting all of those out there because it'd be fun um, to see it. Is there any storyline that you would love to see? Um, yes. Yes, there is. Um, and of course, selfishly, uh, because I'm, I'm not just Obi-Wan. You see, with me, you get two Jedis for the price of one. I'm also Jedi Master Plo Koon, and Jedi Master Plo Koon is... Um, <clears throat> Let's see. Wait, I I can talk in here. Yes. Um, That's so cool. Uh, because Matt Wood and David Acord would do all their little magic uh, to my voice on that. But so basically, um, Plo Koon starts right about here. It's basically uh, Ian McKellen. And then they pitch it down a little and mess with it. But I would love to see the story of when Ahsoka was found by Plo Koon and taken to the Jedi uh, Temple. And her whole story from a youngling, very, very baby youngling with Plo Koon. I would love for them to do an animated version of that and have Ashley and I come in and do our characters and uh, tell that like as a little mini series. I think that would be a beautiful story. Uh, Plo is Dave's favorite Jedi, right? So I've heard. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And when he, when, um, so that was uh, right at the beginning he asked me to come up with a voice and he said, you know, we're thinking of having you do this character, Plo Koon. I knew who Plo Koon was, but I didn't know it was Dave's favorite at the time. And he said to me, he goes, Gandalf, James Gandalf. And so that was it. That was the direction he gave me. And so, so everything was just, you know, right in there. Just, oh yes, Anakin, Kotoya, so Katana. And so it was uh, always fun to play Plo Koon, knowing yeah. that it was Dave's character yeah. even more so. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in uh, in season seven, we didn't get a ton of uh, of Obi Wan, but we got some good Obi Wan moments. But my favorite moment was when Obi Wan confronts Anakin about his uh, um, holographic conversation with Padme, <laughs> and and it was such a great moment of setting up the precursor for the tension. I mean, it was, I mean, maybe I'm overstating it, but I thought it was brilliant. Like, like I've seen that little tiny scene yeah. like twenty times. 
because yeah. I thought that the subtext was so <laughs> awesome that that's what the movies that I love are the ones that can generate great subtext. When two characters are saying something cordial, but you have you know they're talking about something completely different. And um, that was a very, very powerful scene for me. And my question is, how did your relationship with Matt evolve throughout the entire run of the show? Oh, Mark, that's a great question. Yeah, it's fun. Matt Lanter and I are Obi-Wan and Anakin. We're brothers now. Um, he is one of the dearest people in the world to me. Um, and we started as just, you know, friends. And we, I remember when when they first brought him in, it was, you know, because I had been working with Matt Lucas and everything, so it was like, okay, that was the new actor. I remember being in the studio. Again, I can picture it like it was yesterday. I'm in the studio. I was doing Plo Koon. I wasn't doing Obi-Wan because uh, it was for Malevolence and all those, uh, that arc that we had in the first bits of uh, Clone Wars. And Ashley was there, and I was just, you know, Ashley and I had worked together a little already. But um, Matt actually, Matt Lucas had done the first I don't know how many episodes, I want to say three or four episodes of Clone Wars. And then they decided they wanted to go a different direction and not make it such a spot on Hayden thing, but give him a different feel. And they found Matt Lanter and brought him in. And so Matt had to go up to the ranch and dub over. So the first, uh, I want to say three or four episodes, Matt actually had to dub over the stuff. And so that that's tricky stuff to do. And so by this point, he's coming in and he's doing his own character and his own feel to it and I remember just sitting there going wow this guy like first off this guy's the real deal he's an amazing actor and he's doing something with Anakin that nobody's done before and I really love this and people are going to love this and so we just developed a friendship pretty quickly we're both tech nerds you know uh, I mean Matt's not as good looking as me but you know it's, <laughs> I, I let that slide I can't even I can't even say that with a straight face um, and so uh, we're always talking. We text back and forth um, all the time. He's he's asking me tech questions from microphones. I'm asking him questions on, you know, hair product. <laughs> no, I can't. I, I can't. How to, you know, get huge. But um, no, Matt is just uh, the real deal. And we really did develop this kind of relationship. And it's funny, Dave would be sitting there and he'd go, oh, there's my Obi-Wan and Anakin. Like, we'd be talking off in the corner in between right. things. And so our banter really developed in that. I loved when we got to do, it never became real episodes. You can see the animatics, but the ones where we were off on this thing, because for years I kept saying to Dave, you've got to do a Butch Cassidy and Sundance kid episode with Obi-Wan and Anakin, you know? Yeah. And um, that one was kind of the closest we got to it. But when we did this last stuff, it was all of us in the room together. Mm. So Kat was there. Kat, Kat Tabor, Catherine Tabor, you ever get Kat on the show or if you ever want her to come on the show, I'll put a good word in. She's like my little sister. Oh, I love her to death. We're very, yeah. very close. Um, and so it's Kat and Matt and Dee and Ashley sitting on the couch because she had just finished some of her lines from another episode. Dave's in the room there. We're in the same studio we recorded all those years. And uh, we went through that scene so many times. The scene that and, I'm referring to. Yeah, the scene you're oh, talking wow. about. Wow. And we changed it so many times. And, oh, don't do it as humorous. Well, I at least hope you told Padme I said hello. You know, I hope you told her hello there. You know, or, you know, just different things. And then, well, I hope you at least told Padme hello. You know, not as, not as heavy-handed or not as funny or not as this. And then there was more dialogue, and they shaved it down and simplified it and got it. Because Dave cared so much about this, and he kept saying, you know, I, I got to get this right for the fans. I got to get yeah. this right for the fans. 
because he knows he's gonna he's gonna take some you know some hits if he doesn't but he also yeah he cares about it that that dearly and so that scene i remember we did it like twice and he goes we already got it but do it again let's just do it like three more times because it's fun to have us all in here doing it so we just did it more and more and then i did come back in for some pickups where they finessed a line or changed some things the stuff between d and i we redid yeah. some of that banter to soften it a little and you know not play rex so comedically or you know but the end result i think is beautiful and it's probably the most talked about moments outside of the end that you were talking about earlier mark yeah. uh, in this last season of clone wars and i'm i'm really proud to be a part of that yeah, well, congratulations, man. That's a great job. So, Theory, I know I want to be sensitive to James's time. Uh, we've been running for 50 minutes. Do you want to sure, start going yeah. through the fan um, questions? Before that, I have one question yeah, for you. Yeah, let's that, do it. Um, so yeah, if yeah, Obi-Wan had this strong suspicion or you know, that he knew that Anakin was with Padme, how come he never brought it to the council? Or why do you think? I... <clears throat> I can only speak to what you like, would, yeah, what sometimes I would I think I, I'm looking think at you and I'm like, I'm actually talking to Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's a great question. I love like... this question. Yeah, I love this question. This but is you know, question. Theory, let me tell you, um, <laughs> I just don't believe that it's something as a brother he should do. You know, um, I think right. it's the brotherhood. It, to, to sum it up into a, a, a word, it would be brotherhood. I think he knows that um, Master Yoda is smart enough to know things on his own uh he's certainly not blind and uh he can see things on his own and uh, i don't need to bring anything up if i not asked uh you know i mean that's kind of the way i looked at it, it was just like yeah. there's something going on he certainly didn't know they were married oh, or that she was it pregnant. was a great nod yeah or that she was pregnant now yeah but um he just knew they liked pears <laughs> like cg pears <laughs> um uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, I would have to say brotherhood. Okay. Because if you go back to the end, right? You are my brother, Anakin. I loved you. You know yeah. that that sums it up. I just wanted to con continue that. I know. It, yeah, I know. I was just, you just get, everyone just gets quiet. Like, oh, can we just do more? <laughs> um, we got a ton of super chats. We got a ton of questions that I have. Uh, I don't know if we'll get through all the super chats, oh, guys. Great. Sorry, just know your money will go towards a charity of James's choice. First question for you is. What was the most emotional scene, uh, most vocally demanding scene for Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars, in your opinion? Oh, emotional would be not vocally demanding, but emotional would be, um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it already, come on, really? But um, uh, the Duchess Satine, uh, Darth Maul, um, I didn't know. So by the end of the show, uh, by the second or third season, we stopped getting the scripts in advance and we only got them when we walked in the room. So when the Duchess and Maul meet with Obi-Wan, I was reading those, those, when you hear me say those lines, that's the second or third, first, second or third time I actually spoke those words wow. because we did yeah. not have the scripts in advance. Um, and in fact, even that moment where, where I say, Satine, um, that was an ad lib. That was a, a moment where I was just, you know, they wanted, he rushes to Satine and, and I went, Satine. And it was just, what would he do, you know? Um, and I was just watching that again the other day and it's devastating to me and it still chokes me up. And Anna Graves, 
who's again like a sister. I just I, I love her to death, and she's so she's so great. She did such a beautiful job on that. You know, I loved you. I always will. And yeah. she does that Kate Blanchett kind of death uh, scene. Those were certainly the most emotional. As far as um, vocally uh, strenuous, the funny thing is, is uh, today I am I'm having kind of an allergy attack. I don't know if you can hear my voice is kind of hazy. I'm having trouble getting to. I can't do Plo Koon as best as I could normally, but. Um, <clears throat> When we did the Reiko Hardeen episodes, it was the same thing. And I walked in that day and, you know, I see Obi-Wan dies and uh, betrays Anakin and all this, what? And I'm uh, Reiko Hardeen and all this stuff. Um, so those days I was trying to do Obi-Wan and, and I, I had this really bad allergy attack and I sounded like this. So it was, um, it was funny because it never went to air, but we ended up going back in and re-recording it. I did it all as a template so yeah. they could, you know, animate to it. But Reiko Hardin's voice we kept because I was able to get this wonderful resonance in my voice that day. And so Reiko, I killed <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, you know, and they, um, <clears throat> but uh, demanding, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was fun stuff, but never anything that was too vocally demanding. I loved getting to do the, you know, you are my brother, Anakin, when we, when we did that in the Mortis arc as well. Oh, I have a question for you. Uh, speaking about the Mortis arc, um, did Dave, I asked Ashley about this, she didn't know. It, did Dave ever explain anything about red lightning? Is that more powerful than Palpatine's purpley blue? It's just another color? Okay. He never said. If you ever talk yeah, to I him. He never said, but that's a great question. Uh, I, I know, the light, the red lightning again. I, I, he won't answer. I, I, he won't answer. He'll just go, ah, oh, James, you know. Eh, <laughs> it's whatever. That's, a, that's, a, that's an awesome Dave Filoni. That's a great Dave Filoni. <laughs> if my allergies weren't as bad, have well, me on again. I'll do a better one. Absolutely. We'll definitely have you on again. I mean, if you, yeah, James Arnold Tanner part Bring two. Bring Matt on the show too if you'd love to I can't come. Can't wait for that. Get the whole family on. Because yeah, because I feel like we haven't touched into. There's so many different things that I'd like to chat about too. But sure. anyway, I'm sorry, Theory. Let's We're keep only getting the, started. Um, super chat. What's your favorite art from the Clone Wars? Favorite art? Oh my goodness! I would have to say Mark's as well. The end, that that Vader in the in the it was it's snow and and just uh, I mean that yeah. that's beautiful, isn't it? But also the Duchess Obi Wan holding yeah. the Duchess. Yeah. yeah, the Pieta moment of Obi Wan holding the yeah. Duchess. That's a powerful one. Um, another one of might like that that whole little. Uh, arc of of you and Asajj I think is super super powerful yeah. I think also the arc where you become um the bounty hunter yeah. um and are complete undercover I thought that was another very very beautiful arc you know quick story on that um George wanted somebody different to voice Reiko because he didn't want it to sound like Obi-Wan but Dave and Carrie Silver uh, who's our producer at the time they they knew that I could do that because they're like well James does voices mm -hmm. so they didn't tell George that I was doing Reiko until afterwards. And then they said, what do you think of the voice of Reiko? Oh yeah, he's great. They said, that's James, you know? So <laughs> it was fun because I think it was important for me to do it also because then when he goes undercover and he says, this is Ben. And he, so he's having to talk like Reiko, but he's also dropping, you know, there's a little accent in there because he's, yeah. he's Obi-Wan and you know, so it's like, it was, it was fun. And then I had that spider go up and crawl into my throat. <laughs> I got to do all that sounds. So I bet you, you well, you've obviously worked very closely with Sam, another very talented voice actor. And I've seen oh, some yeah. of the behind the scenes of him <laughs> really getting crazy into the role of Maul, especially spider Maul. Um, were you ever around for those performances? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, um, we we all generally recorded as a cast, and that stuff was just so remarkable to watch. Um, him and Clancy Brown, both, you know, watching them work together. They were always next to each other. They always put us far away from each other in the room. Um, light side, dark side, and uh, and I loved watching Sam do it because he's just, he's just, yeah, he's a wonderful actor, um, and we all know that about Sam already from his work in, in games and on television and movies, he puts everything into a character. And when he becomes Maul, he becomes Maul. He's, you know, he's not a method actor, but I mean, like when you watch him and he's, he's just, that microphone is, is yeah. his enemy and he's just yeah. talking Kenobi, yeah, it, it, you know, it's, and it's he's also, he's also an encyclopedia of Star yes, Wars. He is. I've never met anybody that knows more about Star Wars than Sam Witwer. That guy, no. It's it's on another level. Yeah, he's the only one that could uh, correct Dave Filoni in the Mortis sessions. Yeah. But, uh, I'm sure yeah. you know oh. that. Well, yeah. we did reach an hour. I, I want to be very respectful of your time. I'd love to have you. We, uh, we have well, tons. We've got more questions. Yeah. If you, if you okay. want to go for cool. minutes. Okay. Um, go ahead. Any ideas why Dave didn't include Son of Dathomir? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what went behind all of the various uh, choices for the season. I'm sure that they, they have their reasons for doing all of it. I, I wish. Maybe they will. You know, because, gosh, who wouldn't love to see that storyline? And may, and that's, you know, maybe that's the other thing. I know nothing, yeah. so nobody take anything yeah. I'm saying to heart yeah. as as gospel, but maybe nice. they will. Yeah, you never um, know. Let's see here. Can you do Johnny Test meeting Obi-Wan? Johnny Test meeting Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, I've been the voice of Johnny for, you know, since the beginning. Uh, what is that, like 10 years? And I've been Obi-Wan for uh, oh, 18 years. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. Um, come in. What? Yeah. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. All right. Stop saying what I'm saying. Stop saying what I'm saying. All right. Cut that out. Cut that out. Mm, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, blah. We want. Let me see your lightsaber. No. Come on. Let me see it. No. You do not need to see my lightsaber. I do not need to see your lightsaber. This is not the lightsaber you're looking for. This is not the lightsaber I'm looking for. Move along. <laughs> Moving along. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, oh, That's man. Great. There's so many here. <laughs> what are all your guys' thoughts on the Reiko Hardeen act? Uh, personally, I love the diversity of seeing Obi-Wan as a bounty hunter as well as seeing the other bounty hunters. Yeah, I love that storyline. I thought it was really cool. Um, I love any time we can explore the bounty hunters like that. It feels like Empire Strikes Back to me, you know, uh, as a kid that grew up with the animals there, four, five, and six. I, I love that. So um, I loved getting to play a bounty hunter yeah. <laughs> to some degree, yeah. You got to work with uh, John a little bit, John Favreau. You know, the funny thing is, is um, we... We passed each other in the in the studio, oh, cool. um, but I did not ever get to work with him. So it was, um, you know, Dave. I would I had finished my lines and he was going in. Mm -hmm. I was so excited because I'm a huge John Favreau fan since Swingers. Yes. Because just as somebody that that writes and and makes movies, independent movies and stuff, yeah. and the fact that he did that, people forget. I, in fact, a lot of people probably just don't even understand or know. They think of John Favreau as like this kind of, you know studio movie maker this guy started as an independent he wrote this movie swingers mm -hmm. you know it's just amazing so i was so excited and you know dave goes oh, okay so uh you know 
John, this is Obi-Wan. And, you know, you know, he goes, yeah, how you doing? Anyways, so <laughs> I was like, oh, that was my moment. I'm like, hi. He's like, yeah, hi. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was busy. He was, you know. Uh, but, of uh, course, no. yeah. No, and now he's killing it I on the Mando. I could have talked his ear off. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, we, we could talk your ear off here, too. Mando. Mando. Um, would love to see you in on Mando as well. That'd be cool. Um, that would be very cool, yes. Mark, what were you going to say? I, um, I have my own Star Wars voice that's that's sort of taken off in the last few episodes. Oh, no. oh right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I do um, I do uh, Hux, you know. Um, yeah. But but not that I'm going to do it now. But do you do a Hux by any chance? Because like, if anybody could do a Hux, it's probably like it's definitely you. Have you ever done a Hux? I'm not, I'm not I'm <clears throat> no and my and my voice is so shot today I apologize right cuz Hux yells everything so it would be very difficult <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll work on it and okay. then I'll come back okay for the next one I right, great perfect perfect <laughs> it's always weird for us to do each other like we don't you know Tom Kane and I joke around I'll do so like I'll I'll do my Tom Kane crisis on you know Mandalore and I'll do my my uh, Tom announcer guy, but uh, it's always hard for us all doing each other's voices and things too. It's funny, but you know. Oh, well, so Tom Kane is a guy is a gentleman who does the voice um, in the intros. Yeah, he's also that. Yoda. Oh wow! He's Yoda, he's Ularin, and he's the narrator. Yeah, Tom Kane. Yes. It's such a cool. It's such a cool realization of George Lucas's original vision of the sort of Saturday morning matinee serial yeah. thing to like keep his inspirations driving the the um the the aesthetic forward like Absolutely. that you know and like when when i first saw that in the clone wars i was like fucking george lucas man <laughs> you know, he's so good you know he's yeah. such a he's such a such a an artist and i like to me the artist is really um measured by the ease of his expression you know how easy is it for him to express to you abstract concepts and and George is very 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 good at that stuff. Yeah, and he loves telling new generations about old stuff, you know, and and that I think is important. It's important to storytelling too, so it's important to all these young filmmakers to know where things come from. And he's always been about that, you know, from Kurosawa to Scorsese and all in between, you know, he's mm -hmm. he's always about educating people on those things. And um Absolutely. You know, that that was also done because we couldn't do a, a scroll every episode. It would have taken too long. You know, it's a yeah, 22 yeah. minute episode. So it was a great way of doing it. That's cool. Uh, how has Obi-Wan affected you as a person, whether professionally or personally or maybe career wise? Uh, he's affected me in every way. You know, people always ask me, what's your favorite character? And mm -hmm. I try to not have favorites because I'm I'm really blessed to do what I do. I'm the luckiest man in the world to do what I've always wanted to do and to have a career at it. So um, if I'm if I'm doing Obi-Wan, then that's my favorite character. Mm. If I'm doing Johnny Test, then it's my favorite. <laughs> you know, if I'm doing Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank or yeah, but ever do if I'm Fred Flintstone, then he's my favorite, too. <laughs> but Obi-Wan has a real special place in my heart because of 18 years of working in Star Wars, getting to host Star Wars Celebration all those years, getting to host Star Wars Weekends all those years. Yeah. Um, and then just the wisdom of this character that. I think is always a fan favorite. People love him, you know. Uh, thank God for Ewan McGregor, because he really did take this character that you know was this crazy old wizard and turned him into just like a hip, cool character that we want to know more about as a as a young 
Jedi as well. And so I'm just really fortunate to be a part of uh, the world of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm very fortunate to be the one actor that has voiced him more than anybody else. And yet, you know, people don't know who I am. They know who Ewan is. And I think that's, it's exciting. It's, it's great. It's a fun fact for me as a Star Wars actor. I've gotten to play so many different characters in Star Wars. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm at uh, Galaxy's Edge. Once Disney opens back up, although I guess it's open in Florida now, but if you go to Galaxy's Edge and there's uh, Lieutenant Beck, who's a Mon Calamari, mm -hmm. and he takes you through the whole ride. Lieutenant Beck, that's actually me as well. No way. So I do the voice of Lieutenant Beck, yes. And um, so I've been many different uh, characters in the world of Star Wars, but Obi-Wan Kenobi is always the one that's the dearest to my heart. So have you, um, do a little follow-up on that question, have you uh, met, or I'm sure you've met, but have you spent quite a bit of time with Ewan? I've never met him. Uh, oh, you've actually, never met him. We've, we've never met. We were on the red carpet together for the 35th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, and um, we didn't get to meet. Uh, he was doing press, I was doing press, and uh, I, I desperately wanted to be able to meet him, shake his hand, say thank you, but um, but no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't get to meet that day. Uh, mm -hmm. Same with Harrison Ford that day. I was like, I've I've interviewed and worked with and met everybody in Star Wars except those two, basically. Those are, you know, uh, Frank Oz, Ian McDermott, Mark Hamill, of course, Carrie Fisher and I spent many times on stage. I got spanked by Carrie in front of <laughs> thousands of people. Uh, uh, you know, we, we just always had fun. Uh, Billy D is a dear friend. You know, so many, uh, Anthony loves giving me a bad time. Uh, Warwick, I just, I just have been so fortunate. Uh, Peter was a, Peter Mayhew was a dear friend of, to me and my family and his family to mine. And I just love working in this world, but no, you and I never have met. So. You will. Maybe on the Obi-Wan show, you will. <laughs> hey, that's oh, probably right. on the red carpet. What about Hayden? Have you met Hayden? <laughs> yeah, I actually have. And I'll tell you, I met him at uh, Celebration this last year. One of the nicest things in the world because he was so, he was so gracious and so kind to us. And I just, you know, I said, I just wanted to shake your hand, say hello. And he, he pulled me aside. He said, you guys have done so much for the fan base with this show. Thank you for doing what you do. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he you're, like a really you're a genuine young man. Like uh, he's a, he's a really cool dude. He is. And then he was really gracious to take pictures with Matt Lanter and, uh, and then with, with Padme, with Kat. And Kat was thrilled to have, have pictures with him as well. So um, really uh, a neat, neat guy. And I can't say enough good stuff about him. I wish I could have met him more. Cool. I, I paid to have a picture taken with him at Celebration, and they are so quick. He was like, okay, oh, next, yeah. next, next. And yep. I was just like, oh, that just happened. Oh, oh, well, maybe one day. Um, <laughs> last comment here from someone. Thanks so much for taking the time and taking and talking to this community, James. Truly one of the greats of the Star Wars universe, oh. and uh, I, I believe the same. That's very kind. Well, yeah. I, I am nothing without all of the folks that are fans of, of Clone Wars and, and Obi-Wan and uh, so gracious to me through the years. I'm the luckiest man in the world. I really am. And I, my family is as well. My, my daughter and I um, uh, talk about Star Wars all the time. We watch Clone Wars together. My wife loves it. And we're all just so my, my wife and daughter wanted me to say thank you to all of the fans as well, because uh, just a generous group. But also thank you to you guys for having this show and allowing people to express their feelings about Star Wars and their theories about all of it. I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
That's awesome, man. I, I feel so lucky that you've been so gracious with us with your time. Yeah. We had up to 4,000 people watching live, so thanks to awesome. all the fans that tuned in live. And, you know, thanks to my brother Theory. We, you know, it's a tough thing to keep talking Star Wars every week when there's no really <laughs> new Star Wars going on. And, you know, and, and we're not in the studio, but, you know, we keep it going. You, you know right. what we should do maybe sometime is have you and Sam come on the show. I think that would be oh yeah that'd be fun. <laughs> we we give each other a bad time. Yeah, we we uh, we were together not too long ago before all this, yeah. uh, like a week before this hit. We were on a, the, a set of a certain a certain thing and uh, oh. together and we had a good time. <laughs> okay. um, and uh, just getting to see things, but uh, and seeing our old friend Dave Filoni, but. Sam is the real deal. He's a great guy. And I loved when you guys had him on the show. Yeah. I love hearing him talk about all of it. And uh, I would love to be on with him anytime. But yeah, absolutely. I, my pleasure to be with you guys. Awesome. Thank cool. you so Thank much. You, Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, may the force be with you. May the force be with you, Master Kniv. And goodbye and you know there, I guess, right? <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't say, because I know it's not official Star Wars canon, but our good friend and our brother, Jamie Costa, made a, a fan film uh, uh, about Obi-Wan where yeah. you play yes. the baddie. And I wasn't sure what to expect, but you really did a great job in it. So wow. I just want to give a little shout out to you and to Thank Jamie you. on that. And obviously, you know, uh, Star Wars Theory also makes his own fan films, which are, are also very cool. And maybe yeah. he can show up. Maybe there's a cross-universe thing where he shows up in one of the <laughs> Well, I have to. Yeah, we had such a great time. Jamie is the real deal, too. He is just an amazing actor, performer, um, and he's a chameleon. I always say it, and I never know what to expect from him, and I love working with him, and I had such a treat. It was so fun because people thought it would be weird, me being on set, not being Obi-Wan, and he's playing Obi-Wan. And I just was like, we're going to put an end to that right off the bat. I'm here to play a bad guy, which was fun. Yeah. I got to play a bad guy. Um, and we got to do a hello there because that was the only thing that was missing from the script. I said, you don't have a hello there. So you got to take the hood off and say hello there. And then I'll say hello there back to you yeah. <laughs> as Vegas, the bad guy. But fans will know that it's Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan saying hello there to each other. And so we did that. And when we showed it on this, he, we had, he was so great. He had this yeah. uh, red carpet premiere and stuff and, and fans got it. There were like little laughter and stuff. It's like, Oh, you both said hello there. So yeah, Yes, Jamie Costa is wonderful. Please, I mean, you will go see the the Kenobi short film. Although I, I think it's, like I think it's over four million, four million now. Yeah, now. I yeah. Think if you haven't seen it, guys, search <laughs> yeah, it up. Go check guys... it out. It's really good, and uh, James yeah. is in it as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you all so thank much. I really appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. See ya. Okay. See ya. Bye, bye, guys. Oh, we didn't do our thing. Do you want to do the thing? Did you stop? No, I was just about to click on it. Should we do the thing? All right. Oh, oh God. All right. This would have been the first, right. the first podcast. We didn't we do it with Ashley. We didn't do it with Ashley. We, we didn't all do right, it. Right, right. But you got to do it. You got to do it. Rise, my friends. <laughs> my boy.